Hello, yummy mummies. Welcome to Beyond the Bump, a podcast brought to you by Jade Caldwell and Sophie Pierce. This podcast is targeted at mums, mums to be, and women in general. And gents, feel free to have a listen too. It's a place to have real discussions and ask real questions, no matter how hard, with honest and authentic people. The aim is to have you feeling lighter, more supported, and more understood after every listen. Now, we can't promise that it will always be kept PG, so please be mindful around little ears. Here we go. In this episode of Beyond the Bump, we chat to Juliet Allen, one of Australia's leading sexologists, about how we can chat to our kids about sex, porn, masturbation, pregnancy. Anyway, safe to say this episode has many awkward and cringy moments. Hello, Juliet. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. I must admit you're the first one that I've been nervous for because you, in my eyes, you're just a podcast queen. (laughs) Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for the compliment. Absolute pleasure. Now, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, sure. So I'm a sexologist and a sex and relationship coach. And what I do is I basically for a living talk about sex and educate people about sex and conscious relationships and just enjoying sex and feeling sexually empowered. And so I I have an online school called Pleasure School and I have coaching clients and then I also have a brand called the Juliet Pleasure One, which is Crystal Pleasure Ones. Wow, I didn't even know about this realm of life and it's (laughs) very intriguing to me. And hi, I'm Jade, by the way. (laughs) Hi, Jade. (laughs) Um, Just quickly, you also have your own podcast called The Authentic Sex Podcast where you talk about all different Positions. (laughs) positions, facets of sex, sex life, sexuality rituals all of the above mm-hmm. you yeah know. I started that a few years ago but we've got you on today because we want to have a chat and ask you what the importance of raising sexually aware and positive children are mm, I love this topic yeah I'm excited to talk about it it's so needed yeah like like just where do you begin <laughs> <laughs> good question well I guess we could begin with addressing the fact that there doesn't need to be the talk, quote unquote. So a lot of parents, a lot of parents ask me, when should I do the talk with my child or what what age is the appropriate age to talk to them about sex or talk Mm. to them about how babies are made? And so my answer to that is that there is no right age and there doesn't actually need to be the talk more so if we can be role models for our children and really embrace our own sexuality and feel sexually empowered and enjoy enjoy a beautiful, connected, intimate relationship with our partner, then our kids naturally are going to grow up with with us as really great role models. And if we just make sex normal and not have it this taboo topic in the household, then our kids won't even feel awkward asking us the questions when they need to. And what are ways that we can do that without just, you know, leaving the door open at breakfast while you're having a shag? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Okay, good. Um, unless, you know, and yeah, we, we won't go there, but no, don't <laughs> do that. So what are ways in which we can do that? Well, hmm. do you know, I just think it's a bit... 
it's it's interesting because there are so many different family dynamics. Some parents really shy away from sex and you know don't want to be affectionate in front of their children. I've got friends who happily walk around the house nude with their entire family and that's no big deal. Everyone has such a different mm. way of expressing and understanding sexuality. So like how do you like I, I like even like to a seven-year-old now there are questions buzzing around her head asking these things about what is sexy time because someone at school has said it so you know what do you say okay that's that's a good question so what I say is that we make love when when we're old enough and when we feel connected to someone and when there's love present and when we're an adult we can choose to make love to another adult. And so making love is like a really beautiful part of life. And for me as a mother, so this is what I've said to my daughter and continue to say, as as a woman, as a partner, as a mother, I really enjoy making love. And for me, it's an opportunity to connect with Nick, my partner, (laughs) and it's an opportunity for us to have intimacy and it bonds us as a couple. And then it it contributes to us being even better parents for you because when we can bond and enjoy intimacy, then our relationship is stronger and then we're stronger for you. So that's, that's a way that I've phrased it. And I've just ever since my daughter's really young, just been really open with her that intimacy is a really important part of my life and it's a priority. And I really enjoy kissing and cuddling whichever partner I've had. I'm not with her dad, but I've had a couple of long-term partners. And uh, when the doors close, that's when we're making love and we're enjoying connecting. And so there's nothing wrong with that. It's just normal and natural. Mm. So that that's a way that I talk about it. So it doesn't necessarily have to be about this is how babies are made, penis goes inside the vagina, etc. Because that's something that you, you can talk about. But I think it's just more about as parents, how can we how can we feel sexually empowered, not for our kids, but for ourselves yeah. and for our relationship with ourselves and relationship with whoever we're with. And then when we figure that out and we do the work on ourselves, then it just becomes so much easier to just talk about sex really normally and naturally, like over the dinner table, literally. You know, we talk about what did you do at school? What did you eat? How was playgroup? Whatever. It's (laughs) like, yeah, sex is a normal topic. And I listened to one of your episodes of your podcast that was on this too. And I think it was great. Mm. The guests that you were speaking to talked about that either sex in our society is minimized to the point that it's hidden or it's magnified to the point that, you know, everywhere you go, companies are selling things by selling sex. And there's no middle ground, which is actually what sex is. Everyone is having it. It's how, you know, like like most partners are having it. It's how babies are made. It's an extremely normal, satisfying, beautiful part of life, yet it is never really discussed as the middle ground that it, that it should be. It is. It's, it's, it's a part of your normal week. Yeah, it is. It is. And, you know, if we're not having it, we're thinking about having it or, you know, we're, if we're not having it, we're unhappy that we're not having it. So it, it is. It's such an integral part of life. And, yeah, I think that's that's how what we can communicate to our kids is 
this is a big part of my life and it's a priority for us, for mummy and daddy or mummy and mummy or whatever the dynamic is. And, um, and this is, you know, when you're older, you're also like my daughter's a teenager now. So sometimes she kind of rolls her eyes when we're like having a kiss and cuddle. But I say, babe, when you're older, you're going to, you're going to get me. You're going to understand that this is, it's really enjoyable. And you're going to just say to me, oh my God, mummy, now I know why you're always kissing me. Damn, another you know, time so that mum was right. <laughs> I do like the way that you explain, you know, subtly introducing what sex is, like not having to actually talk about the parts and where the penis goes into the what because I think mm-hmm. at, you know, a say age seven or eight, hopefully, really hopefully, no one is having sexual anything, you know, at that stage. So you don't need to delve into that probably until they're in their early teenage years, would you say? You're probably completely going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say earlier than teenage years with baby making okay. So because otherwise kids kids just assume, they don't know. Like literally I have friends who have, who have a son who thinks that babies come or thought that babies came from the stalk in the sky mm. in 2020. There's still kids thinking that. I think... Otherwise, it's a mystery and kids can make up all sorts of stories about how babies are made if they just don't know. Like, So let's get into this combo. So what, what I would suggest saying is like when mummy and daddy make love, there's a potential if we if we choose to for um, a baby to be made and that's because the, you can just be, just say it honestly, like daddy's penis goes inside, inside mummy and magic can happen and a baby's made that's that's all like that's all I would say at a very young age I got a book and it it just tells a really nice story about how you know what sex is and it gives a little bit of illustration to how it happens and then when it happens and what it looks like and then when the baby comes and I found that really helpful for the children and then one day their dad was having a shower, my husband, and they were like, yuck, mm. I came out of that. <laughs> oh, and they thought it <laughs> You were like, no, That's I so pushed funny. you out, not yeah. that thing. <laughs> yeah. That's a good example of just why we need to be so clear with our kids about babies and, and mm. sex and where babies come from and all that and just celebrate it instead of making it the taboo topic just celebrate that like wow you came out of my vagina how amazing yeah I mean now my daughter just looks at me and she's like put it away because I'm naked a lot (laughs) so I'll I'll, like just sit naked on the couch she's like mom seriously like put some undies on I'm like oh that's right you're a teenager now oh the old undies um (laughs) yeah and do you think that people shy away from having the conversation of it being a beautiful thing and go straight to the you know mean girls conversation of you will get pregnant and get chlamydia and die because they're worried if they promote it as something beautiful and a normal part of life they're almost encouraging their their child to seek that yeah definitely and I think there's so much fear and it's because our generation and all generations before the sex education that we've received has very much been about use a condom don't get pregnant um, you don't want to have an abortion. You, you know, you here's a picture of herpes. How gross is this? You don't want to get this. So there's mm. so much stigma 
around firstly so much stigma around STIs but then so much fear of like pregnancy and unwanted pregnancy and so we can yeah get very much focused on the fear and not even we don't even realize it but we're we're educating our kids from fear rather than from a place of love and yeah and so yeah I mean you know it's important to explain once they're a bit older that when you do choose to engage sexually with somebody else, then, you know, if it's with another man, if, if you're talking to a woman, a young woman, if it's with another man, you do want to use condoms because it's, you know, unless you want to be pregnant at a very young age, there is a chance of that. And you can educate young girls about this when they start bleeding too. Like that can yeah. be part of that process into womanhood is that wow it's such a special time like your body is now going to begin having a a monthly cycle and at a you know approximately day 14 of your cycle you could potentially make a baby like that's really special and amazing that your body is now in that phase of life um and so when you choose to engage sexually you need to um remember that and use condoms etc so yeah. it's like each different phase can bring in a different level of education. But I guess when you start talking about sex openly, I mean, if you haven't been someone who's been open about it from birth, for example, if they're not if they're not having a menstrual cycle yet, I guess you don't have to just jump into all that information at once because, I mean, as you say, it's, it's, it's not a single talk anyway you're going to come back to this topic and it's it's probably too much information to start with yeah I mean if you're just living it if you're as a mother and as a father if you're just living a life that embraces your sexuality then a lot of these conversations are just either not going to need even need to be had or won't be a big deal at all because kids learn from what they see and from the energy that they're around so as a, a mother I've always been really open about bleeding, about using um, cups, um, like menstrual cups and tampons and just really open. And so, you know, it's just so normal for my daughter to to be bleeding now and to just, like, look forward to getting her period because she sees me really enjoy bleeding. And so that's also part of sex education, I think, is educating our daughters and sons about how great it is to bleed and how sacred it is for a woman to have that time in her month. Yeah, I must admit when I have my period, my children do not see me very happy when I am bleeding. So their take on period and mommy's like, oh, I hope I never get that. That's scary. In terms of getting pregnant, we often say when a man and a woman love one another very much, but none of those points are true. So how can we better approach this? Okay, yeah, that's true because pregnancy can happen when we're not in love. So what I've done is speak about when you're ready, so this would be how I address it, when you're ready to be intimate with another person, whether it's a a boy or a girl. So also I'm very inclusive and I encourage parents to be inclusive because many, many of us, children included, are actually questioning their sexuality, their sexual identity. It's very normal for us to feel attracted to the same gender and it's very normal for that to change, you know, as we grow up. So what we don't want to do is always focus on mummy and daddy unless we're from an extremely Christian 
household mm, yeah. and that they're, you know, you know, because, you know, I've worked previously as a youth worker in this area and worked with a lot of young kids who are really young kids who are questioning their sexuality and it's really confusing for them and then yeah. to go home and have their mum or dad say, so who's your crush at school? I like, what? when are you going to get a boyfriend? If they're not attracted to boys, that can be so crushing and so confusing so just a reminder to people who are listening parents and carers and aunties and uncles to really be mindful of your language and inclusive of you know when you so like going back to what I was saying when I talk to my daughter I just say you know when you do choose to be intimate with a man or a woman it's really important for you to check in with your the four centers in your body check in with your body and make sure that, that that your heart is feeling connected to that person. You may not necessarily be in love with them, but yeah. you want to feel that there's love present. So an exa- you can give examples like, you know, with your friends, you're not in love with your best friend, but you feel lots of love. That's how you want to feel when you first engage in intimacy. You mm. want to feel love. You want to feel respected. You want to feel like you do with your best friend. And so... Um, I've kind of gotten off topic. I've just realised because you asked specifically about pregnancy. No, no, but I think but it that's works how for I, sex, yeah, in general, yeah. yeah. I think it does because then we're educating them more holistically rather than just being like don't have don't have sex with just anyone because you could get pregnant and then this <laughs> could happen and it just creates so much fear and then, you know, yeah, it doesn't create any pleasure at all no. in the first few years of sex because we're so fearful. And I mean, I think like as you're discovering yourself sexually anyway, it's not as enjoyable as you feel like it's looked in movies or whatever. So if then you have that fear on top of it as well, you kind of think like, oh, why does everyone say this is great? But this is really quite bad (laughs) when it's jackrabbits. Yeah, and that's totally. And that's another conversation that can be had, which is that, you know, at the start, Firstly, sex isn't like it is in the movies and it isn't like it is in porn, and that's another topic, talking to kids about porn. But So um, it actually can be quite, feel a bit like awkward or um, uncomfortable. Like it, it may not be like, you know, absolutely feeling perfect at the start because it takes practice. It's like anything. If you want to learn the violin, you have to practice, and the same with sex. So, you know, when I first had sex, I was with I'm going into like conversations I've had or would Mm. have. When I first chose to make love, I was with my first boyfriend and first love and I was, you know, I thought it would be really amazing. And it it did bond us together, but it wasn't, it was pretty quick and it was pretty like, it wasn't as great as I thought it would be, but it got better over time throughout our relationship. And that came with great communication and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So it's it's just like giving examples. That's that's how I educate. And I yeah, and I guess that if you've shared something personal from you, I feel like then they're probably more likely to, you know, feel that to some degree they can share with you if they are having any issues or confusion or anything like that. Exactly. Yeah, and that's what we want. Most of us want we want our kids to feel safe 
to be able to come to us at any age and say, you know, mummy, I'm feeling confused about X, Y, Z, or the, the boy at school touched me and it felt good, whatever it is. You want them to be able to come to you and say these things. Yeah. And even when they're older, be able to say like, mum, I've got a boyfriend now. And like, I don't know whether to have sex or not. So for them to feel safe, they need to feel like you're also human and you've had these experiences too. You're not just some Robot. You know, we put our parents on a pedestal, like, yeah, yeah. Like, like they're just some, yeah, robot that doesn't do anything other than parent us. But if we make it more real real, and we're more honest, then they can then, we're just modelling honesty and openness, mm. which is it, what we want them to be with us. It's so funny. Growing up, I remember it probably was in primary school, we used to like compare how many children were in each family and like the people that had like say five kids in their family we were like ha 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 your parents have had sex five yeah. times whereas you know the person that's <laughs> a, whereas the person that's an only child is like oh yay my parents only had to have sex that once. was me I was like, like thank god yeah because the thought of your parents having <laughs> sex because it wasn't to, to me it wasn't yeah, I don't think it was normalised and made to be beautiful. It was more like that is absolutely disgusting and embarrassing, embarrassing. and you're so unlucky mm. that your parents had sex five times. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Yeah, wow. It's so interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Now you touched a little bit on porn and I feel like in the technological rage wow. that we live in, it's pretty inevitable that our children are going to come across porn at some stage. Do you think it's important to have explained to them what it is before they kind of stumble it across it themselves? Yeah, definitely, yeah, because like you said, we just live in an age where many kids, their first experience of sex is watching porn on a screen, whether that be on their friend's phone at school or um, hiding in their bedroom or at, at a sleepover. Kids are seeing porn from as young as like 11, if not younger. And so, yeah, I think it's important. It's a tricky one, like how young do we talk to them about it because my like the thing that I've come up against is if I bring it up, will my daughter then want to go look at it? Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, there's this thing on the internet. I mean, if I was 13, I'd be like, hmm, I'm going to go Google that now yeah. because that sounds like something I shouldn't Google. Yeah. So you just need to feel into when's the right time. But how I talk about porn is porn is like acting it's it's basically like in the movies but it's mm-hmm. sex and there's actors in the sex movie and they the sex in porn a lot of it isn't real women aren't feeling pleasure or experiencing orgasm and it's there's makeup on their genitals and the sounds aren't real and it's um, and, and they're not actually dying yeah <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's some really violent porn out there, which whatever you know, you're into, you Jay. That? <laughs> no yeah, comment. Yeah, Jay. No comment, bitches. <laughs> don't look at my search history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I would say, um, I just say, you know, there's, it's, it's not real, and it doesn't show two humans making love, and yeah. so you just need to keep that in mind that your sexual experiences won't necessarily be like what they are on porn. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's great because I think that's so, because there is so much porn out there in the world wide web. I think there are so many young people who are modelling all their education of sex and their um, expectations of sex off porn and it is so unrealistic. It is. And then young boys are um, 
and girls, you know, young girls are watching it and then they're thinking, oh, okay, so all I do is bend over and the boy gets to just, you know, have yeah. sex with me and do whatever. Yeah. And the boys the boys know no better. They're like, oh, I can just put my penis in her bum hole too. Yeah. I may as well try it all. <laughs> I don't and think I'm ready for this conversation. Do you know I'm sitting here so almost embarrassed thinking I have to have these conversations with three daughters and I really don't think I'm ready for any of this. Yeah, and I bet you're not the only one. Like people who are listening to this are probably cringing yeah. lots of people. Because I guess you're just oldest... like feeling sick. Jade's eldest is seven, so, like, the conversations really aren't that far off. They're not far off, and I just... It, it, like, look, it's isn't it? It's such like for me, this is an awkward, uncomfortable conversation. Even just listening, I'm like, oh, we're talking about things that we shouldn't be talking about, but we should be talking about them. We're just made not to talk about them. Yeah, it's just the culture that we live in, and this has been going on for so long now that sex is taboo, and um, that most of us don't feel comfortable talking about it and you know I do this for a living and have been doing it for at least eight years now and even now I can still feel awkward when having to bring up a conversation with my partner or chat to my daughter about something so like it's so deeply in us (laughs) that there's such deep conditioning around (laughs) not talking about sex and all that so I I hear you Jade like it is it can be a really sensitive topic and for those listening to this podcast episode if you're feeling like really like right now just like not sitting in your tummy like oh my god shit I'm not doing it right or I need to I had the wrong conversation or oh my god my kid's a teenager and I haven't talked to them like know that you're not alone and that it's really okay and that it, it just means that this is this is perhaps a sign that you can change change now and and do the work on yourself so that you do feel comfortable talking about these things. And what if you suddenly are at the stage that you're like, oh, maybe I haven't been as open as I should have been about sex and I haven't had any conversation but you feel like your child's at the age where they should probably be educated on it. Like maybe you feel like mm-hmm. you don't have the time to just all of a sudden be more open about sex. Like like, where do you think you should go from there? Can't Firstly, we leave it up to Harold the Giraffe at school? <laughs> Doesn't he tell you? Harold the giraffe is so ridiculous and, um, you know, he came to my school and basically just showed how to put a condom on a banana and then that was it. Well, my my husband punched Harold in the face and got suspended from school so he obviously didn't get anything from it. Yeah, exactly. I'd say lots of kids or adults relate to Harold being just a piece of shit really. Um, (laughs) What was what were you talking about? As in, like, as oh, in, like, what yeah. to do? What to do? What to do? What to do if you think, oh my god, I need to have this conversation? What I would do is act hastily and address with somebody, maybe a friend you could talk to, like a close friend or someone like myself. Why? Why do I feel uncomfortable? And just have an open conversation. It could be with your partner. You know, like fuck, I listen to this podcast and I feel like we haven't really been doing it right or, you know, blah, blahs at the age that we should be talking about this. But I feel uncomfortable and just talk about why you feel uncomfortable and get that all out because it starts with us feeling comfortable so that our kids can then feel comfortable. And then I would just like think about the times when when does your child open up most 
for me, it's when we go for a walk together or yeah. when we're driving. You know, when we're driving is when the com- the questions happen that I'm like, holy hell, where'd that come from? Here we go. <laughs> I um, reckon, I reckon it I stems from your parents and how you were raised, obviously, because I would never even mention anything to my parents about that. We would barely have a conversation about it unless it was necessary. And, yeah, it was just, mm. it was a taboo topic for sure. What about you? Well, mm. like my, I mean, you've got siblings. I've got siblings and my dad's an obstetrician and gynecologist. So to some degree, like we were very like anatomically open and like there was never any question about like how babies were made or, you know, all of that kind of stuff was very open. But I still don't think that like it was never freely discussed that sex is like a very beautiful, normal part of life. Yeah, and you wouldn't be like having dinner and going, all right, let's talk about sex, everyone at the table. No, but I would say it was quite an open dinner table and like my mum was very aware of like she picked up on when I started having sex and asked me if I wanted to be on contraception. Oh, that okay. Kind of thing. That's great. Yeah. But it was more the like, okay, don't get pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like, hope you're enjoying yourself, so. <laughs> yeah. Guess what? Here's where your clitoris is. If you touch that, you're going to feel great. Yeah. What about sex, uh, like self pleasure? <laughs> is that totally varied when people start to discover that? touching themselves feels good it just feels so wrong talking about this and then like talking about our children like I feel like if we were having a conversation about sex like just about us and not having to talk to our children about it I would feel so much better but I feel so awkward that's why we're having this discussion I know I know yeah, and I like your honesty, Jay. Thanks. You know, because you're speaking for not just yourself but for mm. thousands, definitely. Billions, but go on. Um, so talking about awkward, let's talk about masturbation and kids. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> there's studies that have shown that when we're in utero, we're, we're touching our genitals and, wow. like, that's ple- pleasurable for us. So you can look up the studies. So we are actually self-pleasuring from such a young age and it's very normal and natural for us you know like little boys when they're getting their nappy changed touching their penis or you know walking around the house touching their penis at a young age and little girls when they discover their vulva and vagina want to touch it so it's really normal and I think talking about masturbation or self-pleasure whatever you want to call it it, it's actually one of the foundational conversations that we need to have with our kids. So I'm glad you brought it up because I nearly forgot. So self-pleasure is sex with ourselves. And it's what I say is like, it's a really normal and natural way for us to get to know ourselves, to to feel pleasure, to feel good in our body. And it's something that I encourage my daughter to do. And, you know, I only just spoke to her about it the other day. And she's gone through a stage of being like, mom, seriously, stop. Like, I am so done with these conversations. <laughs> so I stopped. <laughs> Mum, like, get some clothes seriously. on and stop talking to me about my vagina. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's like, seriously, Mum, you're over the top. Like, it's too much. So I, you know, I listened to her and I just backed off. But then I brought it up the other day and she was really cool about it. But we were living in a caravan because we're traveling at the moment. So she's like, Mum, as if I'm going to do it in a caravan with you and Nick two metres away. Like, I'm like, yeah, I know, but I'm just saying, you know, like, if, you know, if you feel too, like, 
it's okay and blah, blah, blah. But, I'm cringing. I'm so, just letting you know I'm cringing. Yeah, I can imagine. But anyway, back to it, I think talking about um, self-pleasure is really important because we don't want to shame our kids. Like they're doing it anyway. Little boys run around with erections all the time and it feels good. So for us to be like, put your penis away, put pants on, you know, don't touch yourself or like when we're changing their nappy, like slap their hands away from their genitals, that's actually shaming our kids from a really young age. So then mm. there's no 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 doubt that when we get to adulthood and we feel shame and we feel like we need to hide pleasure, we feel like we need to be quiet and, or we just feel like extreme shame around wanting to make love to somebody else, it all stems back to the messaging that we got as kids. And I know because I've worked with thousands of people and I go back to childhood in, in coaching. We go back into childhood and what were the messages that our parents gave us? What was the transmission meaning? Like what did we see our parents experiencing in regards to intimacy? Yeah. And I'm not like, oh, what sex position did they do? <laughs> it's more like what? how did we feel that they experienced intimacy as a couple? And, you know, all our shame and guilt, et cetera, stems back to childhood. And mostly. I think especially female masturbation, I think that, like, I'm, I, don't, like I don't think male friends necessarily, like, chat about it but I think it's like male masturbation from a younger age is seen more normal than female masturbation I feel like that is even more taboo than male masturbation yeah definitely and it is with adults you know too it's like men men joke about in our in our culture in Australia especially men joke about you know having a wank or like just all the jokes about having a big right for and yeah yeah totally um and it's normal in this culture to, for guys to talk about that but when it comes to women we don't all sit around being like yeah like use my vibrator last night or whatever it is and it felt so good like that's oh, not I don't know I've got some about. friends that are quite <laughs> open about that <laughs> well so do I so do I but but I think in general yes. as women we talk about it less than guys yeah do. I would say we're three generally yeah. quite open women. <laughs> yes. Even yeah. if this conversation Which is, why is this making your toes, toes curl. Jade's in fetal position right now, just like. <laughs> if, you, if we were on video call right now, I have my legs crossed, I'm squeezing my hands together, I'm like literally a born again virgin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's trying to pretend this morning <laughs> never happened you you're know? like you're, I mean you're close to this age I can be all like oh yeah this is fine because my eldest is too I know but it's it's funny because I want to be open and I definitely if they come to me and have a question I am an open person I will be the first one to go out and get a book and show them what it is or I will you know I'm not going to shy away from what they're asking because it's important I feel like for me as a mother personally, I don't need to provide this information until they are ready to hear it. So if, you know, Mia is at school and there is a discussion that comes up about sex or about something specific and she comes and then tells me, well, that's when I will happily sit down, you know, in the right moment and say, that's a great question. Let's have a chat about it tonight. Um, and, you know, perhaps Billy should be there. I'm not sure. I mean, Juliet, would would you recommend, because the girls are so close in age, would you have that discussion with the other sibling at the same time while you're there? Because, you know, I'm sure that they would chat about it anyway, or do you wait? 
Yeah, look, if they're close in age and they're really good friends and you know that they're just talking about everything Mm. anyway, then you could have it with them together, definitely. But remember, it doesn't need to be a big deal like we're sitting down and mummy's going to have a talk with you. It just needs to be really casual and it's not just one conversation. It's ongoing and it's just, yeah, it just let them lead it too with the conversation like if they get up and are like all right cool can we go play now just let them play don't be like no we are sitting down for the talk <laughs> our 30 because minutes is becomes- not up but someone I think it was one yeah. of the psychologists we had on she mentioned <laughs> that it was really good a, a great idea that when they do have a question that we respond with well how much do you know about that you tell me what you know and then we have an idea of what their understanding is of that topic and then we can sort of I guess elaborate on top of that yeah definitely that is a good way to approach it you know you, you that's um that's yeah it kind of gives you a gauge of where they're at and what they've heard perhaps at school or what their friends told them and then you can lead from there. So you can definitely do that. I think we all as parents will deal with this topic in very different ways and um, and no way is right or wrong. The only wrong thing to do, which this is me being judgmental, is to not talk about it at all and mm. pretend like our kids are not going to have sex one day because they are. And um, so it, this is a very important conversation to have ongoing, not just one. Yeah, yeah, I think that's so true. I think people sometimes like the talk because they go, okay, that's 30 minutes done. <laughs> that's in, we're done. Wipe my hands of that. One never, child done. Yeah, never have to deal with that again. But it, as you say, it does mm. just need to be an ongoing, uh, as normal as possible conversation. Definitely. Yeah, it does. And just coming back to remember, like, you are the role models or we are the role models as parents. So how, so our sex life, whether it's behind closed doors um, and we're hiding it or not, um, or we're talking about it or not, they will pick up on what's going on. I have a question. They don't need to know the details. I have a question. Is this this Jade? No, this is Jade. Jade. So if my, like, my husband is very affectionate, and so am I, but like he's quite, you know, handsy. Pl- he's a bit of a handsy guy and he's very playful. So, do you mm. like allow your children to see, not like I'm not talking G R rated sort of shit. I'm talking about <laughs> like, you know, he'll grab the bum in the morning and he'll be like, oh, you're so sexy and you're so beautiful and blah, blah, blah. Like, would you encourage them to be watching that as they're watching TV and seeing him do that to me in the kitchen while I'm making their lunches going, fuck off, it's not the time. I mean, I I would say that if you're saying fuck off and he's touching you, then maybe reconsider like how the kids are perceiving that because the girls, like I know you have three girls, so maybe see that and put a story to that like, oh, when a man touches me, it doesn't feel good. And so, you know, they might, I don't know what story they'll put to it, yeah. but they may um, veer away from any affection with their future partners because they saw, and they, they'll not, they won't realise and remember this, but they'll just have this. Yeah, subconsciously. Um, that's actually quite, I don't, and just yeah. so we're clear, I don't say fuck off in the kitchen while he's doing it. I'll just be like, Nick, come on. I'm like trying to do something. It's not the right time. Um, yeah. But. Yeah, I just, it it is interesting how they perceive it. Mia's starting to look at us a little bit differently too at this age. So she sort of looks at us when we're kissing or cuddling on the couch. She's sort of just like, or if we're on the bed and Nick's just had a shower, she might say, 
what are you doing? Or why is the door closed? Like there's questions coming out, like why is this happening? Mm. Yeah, so this is a perfect time for you just to, to be honest with her. Mm. But what do you say? Yeah, if she's asking. <laughs> so so when so when the door's closed, what are you doing? Is it that you're getting changed or that you're having sex or what is it? Well, I'm not telling. Well, you can tell Juliet. Okay. Well, look, sometimes it is because we close the door and then if it opens and she's like, what are you doing? We'll say daddy's just got stuck on something and that's what we say. And she's like, okay, that's weird and walks out. And, yeah, that's just lying, isn't it? But he kind of did. Daddy's got stuck on something. <laughs> I know. Well, you know you mean, got stuck there? on your vagina. Yeah. I'm not, I'm just not good at this stuff, all right? I'd rather just have a lock on the door and then make up your own mind. It's going to take a while. Yumi, Yumi, I'll be so switched on and, like, ready to go with these questions, but <laughs> poor Mia's going to have a hard time. Yeah. I would, I, yeah. Juliet's like, yeah. I'm confused right now. Yeah, yeah, I am. No, I'm just a bit like, hang on. Like, if you're making love, just say that. But that's me because it's me. You okay. Know? Like, I, and I, no, I you're right. I could say that. I could say we're making love. I have never thought about saying that. Okay. Yeah, I could say that. Because... If you phrase it we're making love instead of we're having sex, then yeah. it create it turns sex into something that's about love and connection and intimacy and not just like fucking basically. Yeah. And so um, if you say we're making love, then she's going to go, what do you mean what's making love? You can say it's when mummy and daddy connect and we, we enjoy intimacy and it creates a really strong bond between us and that that allows us to be really great parents for you. And parents need time out away from kids. Like I just said this to my daughter last night. I said, you know, when you go to sleep, she's like, why do we have such an early bedtime? I was like, because you, A, you need sleep. And B, Nick and I need time together as a couple. It's really important for us to have time without you because it allows us to connect and bond so that we're stronger for you and we're happier. Mm. And so you can phrase it like this is our time to connect. When we're finished, we'll come out and then we'll be able to, to hang out with you. Hmm. I like that. I really like that. Hmm. And it may be confusing for people listening. All three of us are with Nick's. Yeah, it's not one Nick. We oh don't my share God, the same are one. We? Yeah. Imagine that's so funny. Yeah. We're all with Nick's. Yeah. Okay. And I think really, like her semi catching you is doing you a favor because it is allowing things to open up hmm. rather yeah, than saying she's got stuck in you <laughs> like what the hell that, that's that's really out there I've never heard that one like that this is stuck. this like, isn't non-judgmental place but you're being judged he fell he fell into me yeah yeah I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, I am judging you and I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I just haven't heard of that one. But I think it's this is really great because this Get off me, Sophie. This is lots, lots of parents will relate totally. to what you're saying. Totally. Absolutely. Like I'm sure there's like really strange things that people have parents have said to their kids about what's going on. And just so we're clear, he didn't get he didn't get stuck. It was just a flyby <laughs> comic because I was stuck. I didn't know what to say. I remember my friend telling me that she was trying to explain to her son how babies are made, and she said, "When daddy pees into mummy." <laughs> oh my god! Because <laughs> she didn't know how That's... to describe what like an ejaculation oh. was, so she was like, it, "It's like he pees in mummy." <laughs> Oh, well, I guess 
Yeah, that makes sense. It kind of is like that, but same whole different thicker. product. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. I think this has been amazing. Yes. Um, Very insightful. Jade's like, yes, just still in the fetal position. <laughs> I'm still in my fetal ball. She's rocking over in the corner. <laughs> Clenching my jaw. But, I mean, that's the whole reason we're talking about it yeah. is if it was an easy thing to navigate, well, then there's no point of talking about it. And I think that I think as a generation we've got better at speaking about sex ourselves and then I think the next step is then being able to educate children on that like I think the generation or two above us they never even really like as a general thing never discussed sex amongst adults themselves so I think it's just a a, like something that needs to progress but I also think that school needs to have a a class or a subject that's not just a one you know a one class or one time affair you know, when they're in grade six about sex education, I think it needs to be an ongoing discussion about all of this, like you're saying. So they have an understanding. They don't think it's so naughty that they should go out and do it. They understand that this is a normal, you know, life journey that we will all go through. But I think it's hard if we're relying on school because I think how people would want their children to be educated on sex is so different from I know, and I don't mean we're relying on school. I just think that they could probably help support the situation because it's inevitable. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I do agree. I think the education system with regards to sex education is really shit mm, globally. Yeah. The old banana um, with the condom. Yeah, it's just it's shit. It's not inclusive. And yeah, it needs it definitely needs a revamp. But we can't sit around and wait for that to happen because I don't think it's really going to happen no. anytime soon with how yeah. the world's going. So I think it's up to us as parents. And I just want to say, like, for those listening that you know, what I'm saying of how to do this and how to have the talk, it may not necessarily be right for you and that's okay. So what I'm saying isn't the right way. It's just how I've educated as a parent and how I've worked with a lot of people and parents in supporting them to educate their kids. But there are no rights and wrongs and the best thing that we can do is be role models for our kids in and, and enjoy a great sex life ourselves and when we do and when we're comfortable with these topics and talking about them then it's just so much more easy to talk to our kids about it so that's what I want to end with well it yeah, was very amazing. awkwardly educational <laughs> thank you <laughs> no thank you so much um for being here it was an absolute pleasure to speak to you and yeah, no, I think this has been really great. When we very first started the podcast, this was an episode that I definitely wanted to do. So I'm stoked to have mm. spoken to you about it. And can we do another one like in a few weeks about sex after giving birth, please? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, cool. yeah that's a great topic. Amazing. Yeah, cool. And if people do want to hear the podcast episodes I've done about this, I've um, also done one with a mentor of mine and she has a really a different take on it too. So if people want to listen to more, which I recommend if this has sparked an yeah. interest, then mm. you can listen to my podcast on my website. We'll link the relevant ones in our show notes too. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Excellent. Awesome. Love your work, Juliet. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond the Bump. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and give us a review. If you didn't, good on you. 
You can also follow us on Instagram at beyondthebump.podcast to stay up to date on behind the scenes and future episodes. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.